listening to the Uloft podcast presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. What is up? Welcome to the Uloft Podcast. My name is Kendall and I am your host. I am joined here with Michael, with Julia, and with Caleb. We are going to tell you literally everything that you need to know about marriage today. (laughs) Wow. Even though half of us are not married. Yeah. Just trust us. We've got all of the tips and tricks and truths and everything. Right, Julia? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Don't you know everything about marriage? Uh, everything and all things. Actually, we're all just not going to say anything, and Julia's just going to do a monologue yeah, for half an sorry. hour. So I'm your host, Kendall, and here's Julia. She's going to tell you everything <laughs> about marriage. the youngest. That you will need to I'm know. I'm not married. So. <laughs> no, Perfect hey, today we are finishing up our series, uh, Relationship Goals, inspired by Michael Todd's book, Relationship Goals. Um, so anyways, we're finishing that up. The last couple of weeks, we've talked about... Um, sexual relationship goals uh, within the biblical context and all of that and shedding some light on some truth did some Q&A last week, last episode and today whoa, almost (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to leave that in, it's okay one of the things you have to be ready for in marriage is weird awkward things let's open it right there (laughs) we're talking about marriage, there's some awkward situations, someone forgets to close the door when they're going, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're finishing it up today. Relationship goals, episode number, whatever number it is. Uh, we are five, finishing up. Eight. eight. There we go. Eight. Wow. <laughs> so it's going to be good today. Uh, I hope you guys are going to enjoy this. Again, I just want to mention one more time that we do this podcast um, kind of as a representation of what goes on in our U groups. So uh, if you are in the Indiana County area in Pennsylvania, definitely check out unitediup.com, join a U group because this is where conversation continues to happen um, about the things that we believe God's showing us. Hmm. So make sure if you're not a part of one, this podcast is not a uh, substitute for that. It is a continuation of the conversation. So let's jump right in. Marriage. So what is Mowage. your overall Mowage. impression? Yeah, let me say it. Mowage. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is your impression of the institution of marriage as you were growing up? Why? And Julia, since you have all the answers, oh, I'm just going to go right to you right now. Growing up. Well, let me think. Well, I wasn't really. So my mom and my dad have been together since like... 23 I believe and I came about at 24 and like it it was always something that I wanted it was always something that I played house uh and did with my with my sisters everybody got married every time we played house wow <laughs> yeah it was, it was success super fun. it was super fun me and all my sisters we just all got married <laughs> but um I I don't think I actually got a grip of the covenant part of marriage till later. Just the it was more of the um the American dream, almost like the the say yes to the dress, the uh 
just, um, I don't know, more, like, I always fantasized over it whenever I was little. Uh, Disney movies, Barbie oh, yeah. movies, you name it. Um, marriage, in my uh, point of view growing up, was was the end goal. And that's what we've been talking about lately, how it's, how it's not a destination, how it's not the end goal, how it's not like, oh, great, I have yeah. come to this point in my life and I have done all things now, <laughs> now that I am married. Um, so yeah, it was, for me growing up, it was kind of a dream. It made sense. Uh, I was blessed enough to not have my parents ever split or consider splitting. Um, and yeah, the, the covenant part of marriage didn't really hit me as a component of it till I really started reading my Bible in college. So that was a long time where it was kind of a, a fantasized thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. it sounds like you have the uh, the kind of mindset that a lot of people do, yeah. um, especially not to be like pinpoint, but especially a lot of girls do of mm -hmm. like marriage is the wedding, mm -hmm. right? Like, and then as guys get older, marriage is uh, <clears throat> the honeymoon. So like, <laughs> I mean, that literally is like, you've got the two days, the marriage and then the honeymoon, like that that's all that you think about right like right. in marriage growing up is you're like man ladies i cannot wait to the dress and like i'm yeah. gonna plan this out and i'm gonna have this and i've got all this stuff and the guy's like i cannot wait to the honeymoon yep. like i mean that's all that matters <laughs> right and you think that marriage just begins and ends right there and uh sadly it's not oh true. i know I mean, that's sometimes not also not sadly I like say, it's still it's, good, it's still good. But, yeah <laughs> it's still good but marriage sucks <laughs> <laughs> but i will yeah. as soon as you get back from the honeymoon it's yeah all yeah over. no 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 definitely it doesn't suck okay we'll say that but yeah that's when marriage actually begins mm. like that's not the finish line that's actually right. the starting line yeah so what are some of your guys's thoughts like when you're growing up on on marriage so uh, growing up, <clears throat> I actually didn't realize the Christian element of marriage. Like I had heard, I had heard and known about marriage first, just from my parents because mm -hmm. they were married, and then it kind of struck me as strange that the Christians kept going on about marriage, and I kind of thought maybe they were just trying to have a monopoly over it because I didn't know anything <laughs> about anything. You know, I was a little kid, and. Um, when I was a little kid, I used to tell my parents that I wanted to have a different girl for every day of the week. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, so you moved to Utah, <laughs> and you became Solomon. That's so funny. And then when I grew up, I realized that I wanted a best friend. I wanted that sort of best friend relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it seemed that the longer you were with somebody, the deeper you could access with them, like the deeper planes of experience you could access with them. I was sort of envious of people that had been together for 20, 30, 40 years, and I knew that I wanted that, and mm -hmm. that was like what marriage became to me, was just this ability to spend my whole life with one person. And that was my pre-Christian view of marriage. And then really, honestly, uh, one of the things that helped with my conversion to Christianity was the biblical view of marriage and the biblical view of love, because I thought that that's what love was supposed to look like. And the love that I had encountered in the world, so much of it didn't look like that. And I thought, well, either there's something wrong with my understanding of love, or there's something wrong with these people that I'm encountering and running into. And it was really exciting for me whenever I started hearing sermons 
that we're talking about love and the biblical understanding of love matched what I thought love was supposed to be. And then I was like, right there, that's, that's what I, you know, that's what I'm after. And, and, uh, I, I, you know, that was like the, the very beginning of my journey in Christianity was sort of through the marriage love. Yeah. That's interesting because, um, you know, uh, Donovan preached last night at United about how marriage like basically reveals God to the individual spouses, but also is supposed to reveal God to the world. And that's really interesting because that's a principle that you can be like, okay, yeah, I can kind of see that. That's kind of cool. And yeah, that's biblical. So I'll believe that. Mm -hmm. But you actually have a story, a testimony that directly relates to that. And you might be the first person I've heard that say that um, just outright, but I think that's totally awesome. Like to say this idea is really what made me understand like, who God is and yeah. the love that he has for, for people. So well, yeah. one of the, one of the things that I was thinking about as Donovan was talking about that specifically, it's like, there are very, in fact, marriage and subsequently the children that often come out of it. Um, like there are very few moments where you can genuinely say, I would legitimately die for this person. I will do everything in my power to make sure that this person is living the life that they mm-hmm. should be and need to be living, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I say it to my dog all the time. It's not true. Like, I would not <laughs> take a bullet from my dog whatsoever. <laughs> Love her. So she's not, great. She's not actually your child, though. No, she is not. <laughs> um, and But it's like, you know, you have kids, you have a wife, like... There probably aren't too many people. You probably love the people here at this church, but mm-hmm. you would not take a bullet for them, I'm guessing. Not for any of y'all on the couch. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> maybe. But maybe. it's like you would do anything <laughs> for your wife, for your kids to make yeah. sure that they, even if it costs you like yourself and everything about you, right? Yeah. And it's absolutely. like you just, that doesn't happen outside of marriage. Like that doesn't happen in friendships. Like that doesn't happen. Um, and there's something about um, being in that, as you were saying, covenant together where it's like, you grow so close to this person that you genuinely, for the first time in your life, experience what it is like to say, um, it doesn't matter how many times you wrong me, I will keep no record of wrong and I'm willing to give up everything for you if need be. Yeah. And there's so many marriages, though, too, that, that don't do that. <laughs> right. Like that because we don't have the, the proper idea, we are not illuminated to the truth of what marriage actually is yeah. supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We say, you've wronged me one too many times. Yeah. yeah see the door like yeah. you know uh here's your stuff on the lawn you yeah. know and there's there's uh there's <laughs> other context to that but still like it boils down to that like that um we're seeing a crumbling of marriage covenants of marriage in uh especially western civilization and have for a long time and that's because we've forgotten what it means to sacrifice for one another we've forgotten what it means to truly deeply love one another not with an emotional feely love, you know, of like, uh, as Donovan said last night, like Lion King, can you feel the love tonight? He's like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of nights I don't feel the love. Yeah. So, um, but that doesn't, that doesn't make me say, well, well, my marriage must be over. I'm not married anymore. And, right. you know, forget my wife. I don't care. Like, right. you know, but there are a lot of people who do that. And yeah. so, um, Michael Todd actually says in the book, he says the real mark of love is giving and giving takes sacrifice. That's why Ephesians 5.25 says this for husbands. Love your wives just as Christ, Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. And wives are to submit to their husbands, which is in verse 22. So in what ways does a healthy marriage involve 
sacrifice. Like, okay, yeah, I would take a bullet for my wife, like, or my kids, or but whatever. That's like the extreme, obviously. but that's yeah, that's like the mm-hmm. utmost yeah. <laughs> sacrifice, right? So, what are some ways that that um, that you've seen or that you perceive could be, you know, sacrifices in a healthy marriage? I think that a lot of people talk about how they are willing to die for somebody and you know that's that's a pretty profound statement but I think that and I don't mean to sound cliche but I think it's a lot harder to live for somebody to you know to to make those daily it's like the the daily slow drip sacrifices are the harder ones you know the ones Mm -hmm. where each day you know that you have to give up some of what you want to make the other person happy and that there's even if it looks like there's no end to that it's just and it could be just like a daily thing and you know people are different from each other so it's it's highly unlikely that you're going to end up with a perfect match where Mm -hmm. you know it's probably impossible that you'll end up with a perfect match so that means that there's going to be situations where you're going to be making those daily sort of small sacrifices that aren't glorious you know taking a bullet for somebody is glorious like you Mm -hmm, can be the hero that way Mm -hmm. but you know washing the dishes for somebody is not so glorious like the, the stuff that people don't see and the stuff that you know maybe even your spouse doesn't acknowledge your sacrifice yeah because they're not aware of it and you got to make those every day and that's a that's a lot harder i mean there are things that are worse than death and i'm not saying marriage is worse than death (laughs) i'm saying that uh that that uh you know it's it can be challenging to make sacrifices whenever they go unacknowledged and that Mm. happens a lot in probably every marriage well i think that even if you so if you're looking to be acknowledged in your sacrifice then it's not a sacrifice right 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 Mm -hmm. like it just becomes this thing of of uh, transactional like it becomes a transactional thing like um, I think about uh, you know friends that one episode that where they're like (laughs) there's no way that I have a bet like that you there is no actual good deed yeah like that when you do a good deed you're really doing it to benefit yourself and therefore it cannot be selfless and it's in fact selfish right and I think if you look at sacrifices of that like I'm gonna wash the dishes so maybe tonight I can for the love. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, like, if that's the way to do that. like if We do, yes. <laughs> if, if that's the reason I'm washing the dishes, then it's not a sacrifice. It's mm-hmm. a maybe if I give, I'll get. But sacrifice requires giving without expecting anything in return. And so that's a great point that you bring up there. Like, we have to sacrifice uh, in practical ways. And we'll talk about that in a moment. We have to sacrifice in practical ways where it says, I don't care if I do get anything in return or what happens, or even if my spouse is mad at me for six months, like whatever it is, like I'm going to decide to serve her or him, however it is in your um, current situation or your future situation. So what about you guys? I mean, you guys, Julia, uh, um, Caleb, you guys aren't married. So what but are some things that you answers. perceive? Yeah, yeah. That you have all the answers. <laughs> Of course, those who aren't married have all the answers. Um, it's like my four-year-old telling me that he knows everything. So um, what are some things, though, that you perceive like as to possibly be sacrifices um, for when you do meet your spouse? And like when you are, when it is after the honeymoon and you actually got to get to real mm-hmm. life, like what are those things that, that you perceive maybe? Well, one thing that um, I remember I was, this was, Christmas maybe a couple of years ago, I was sitting down at the table with my dad and one of my cousins, um, who, she's like 36 now, I think, not married, um, and my dad had asked her, like, like, do you ever think you're going to get married? And she said, honestly, at this point, I think I'm too selfish to make that happen. Hmm. And it's like, on the one hand, it's like, 
Okay, I see. But on the other hand, it's like, that's, like, reasonable. It's like, you go so long with living by yourself and expecting how to do things on your own Mm -hmm. and having that independence that, like, going into marriage requires you to give up all of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, I mean, you still maintain some level of independence, but truly you don't because, like, your body is not your own anymore, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so it's like, just, I'm 26 now, and I've lived by myself for the past eight years. And so it's like an expectation of how I do my daily rhythms, mm-hmm. um, like would drastically change because of marriage. And it's like simple things like that. It's like, I know when I get up, I know how to make food for myself. And, mm-hmm. and it's like those simple things, you know, when you change simple things over and over and over again, it becomes irritating for most people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what gets people at a lot of troubles. It's like those minor things build up and no one spends time to sit down and say, Hey, I don't like it when you do this. Yeah. I do sure. like yeah. it when you do this. And people just don't talk and yeah. argue through this. My Expectations parents, are not uh, communicated so yeah. before they mm-hmm. are unmet. And my parents actually would tell us this when yeah. we were kids. They were like, um, don't be concerned when we are fighting, be concerned when we have stopped fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because it's like you don't grow without any sort of, I mean, this is just like physiologically anything. It's like if you don't grow without exerting effort, force, mm-hmm. um, if, without conflict, so to speak. And it's like my parents tried to demonstrate. I mean, it was annoying when we were sitting in the car and couldn't go anywhere when they were in the middle of a fight. Right. But <laughs> it's like you see the like the growth from them over time because of that, because they sat down and said, you know what, these little things do bother me. Yeah. Yeah. It's the little it's the little bitty sacrifices that are sometimes the hardest because they are habits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're habitual. Like for cleaning you. up your kids' toys for the nteenth time. Yeah. It's I hate like, it. Yeah. The nteenth time. <laughs> yeah. I actually almost told I pretty much told my wife the other day, like, don't even clean the house. Like, so <laughs> it's tired. not worth it. It's not even <laughs> worth it. Three kids, like it yeah. does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> But, Julie, what about you? Like, what are some perceived sacrifices? Yeah. Maybe you've seen your parents make those or seen somewhere else. Like, Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, um, I mean, this kind of has to deal, this has the atmosphere of also having kids, not just necessarily. Uh, well, let me back it up. So, yes, little sacrifices, because your time, your time isn't your own. So, like, when I think of the self, not necessarily selfish, they're good things, but, like, uh, working out whenever I wanted to, or just making food simply for myself, or cleaning up after myself, or not thinking like, oh, I could do this for this person to make them happy, to make their life a little easier. Um, so your your time's not your own. Uh, your your finances become somewhat not your own. My dad would love to have the best crossbow out there right now but my, <laughs> but my mom wanted a whiskey barrel from Amish country so like oh where God. did it go? go it went towards the table for my mom <laughs> like just I'm thinking of some of the other so sacrifices. you're saying your dad sacrifices but your mom is like my no. mom my mom <laughs> sacrifices too but uh, oh gosh I'm, n- I'm never showing them this podcast <laughs> but like my dad is certainly very patient and sacrificial well he has four girls too so like when it comes to the the wants like the wants are up Mm. here and the needs are right here and he's just like constantly sacrificing for i don't think we're that high maintenance but like girls are Actually, maybe they are more high maintenance than some guys. I don't know. Uh, we're paying for that. I mean, my mom had four <laughs> but, boys, and she was still raising yeah. my dad, so it's like the reverse side of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but your time's not your own. Your hobbies become shortened or maybe non-existent. Like, maybe there's something that... Um, so, for, for example, like, if I really liked to draw or sit outside and do a little, like, paint-by-number, or if I liked to 
tie flies for fishing and all of a sudden I get married and there's bills to pay, there's things to do, there's um, places that we have to go, there's decisions that have to be made and you can even sacrifice a part of your... Sorry, I was getting a call. I don't want that. You're to... still getting a call. We hear it in the head. I'm so sorry, everybody. It's okay. <laughs> it's your mother. <laughs> Actually, I was horrified for a second that it was. I forgot to say you got this live. No, no, it's not my mom. Just a friend from high school. But um, I also perceive the sacrifice of just giving up things that you maybe enjoy to either invest in what the other person enjoys or find things that you like mm-hmm. to do together. Like, yeah. it's not all about you anymore. Yeah. Which can be a great thing, but also, like, a death-to-self thing. Yeah, so if I'm being... Uh, so if I was to be, like, critical of anything that you just said, and I'm not being oh, I'm not being super critical of anything... That, I'm saying, Uh-oh. like, if I was in a different position and I would... I could, I could easily say, like... You just said it, a death to self. Like, so does that mean when I get married, I'm losing myself? Like, does that mean when I get married that I sacrifice so much of myself that I'm not even me anymore? Like, that I'm, you know, I can't, I can't enjoy anything or like, I can't be who I was created to be. I think you just have to work harder to maintain it, like find avenues and ways to stay part of yourself and walk with the other person and what you both are and what you are individually. I would never hope that anybody loses themselves or their hobbies entirely mm-hmm. when they get married. Sorry, I'm also thinking in the realm of kids. So no, it's like okay. I'm, like, no, I, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up though because like I think there are there have been marriages, mm-hmm. um, there are marriages that people have lost themselves. Oh yeah, and they're no like doubt. I used to love this and I used to be this way and now this person has made me like my sacrifices for this person maybe this way and I don't like it mm-hmm. like or I'm the one sacrificing everything and they're doing nothing yeah and now I hate who I am and like I mean I've seen marriages oh, like yeah. that and that's unhealthy as mm-hmm. well yeah. so does that mean and this is this question is not in the book does that mean that we stop sacrificing for another person or does that mean that we continue well, in hopes that maybe they'll see that? It, it actually hmm. depends on the motive for the sacrifice because not all motives for sacrifices are appropriate. So for instance, if I'm just weak and naive and I hate conflict, then I'm not going to want to, I'm just going to sacrifice every time because I don't want to confront my spouse. I don't want to have the conversations, you know, the, right. the, of the little things that are building up. And so I'd rather deal with the bitterness and the resentment building up inside of me. And I'll just keep sacrificing, not, not so they feel better, not, not out of the agape love motivation, but just because I'm too scared to have any yeah. kind of conflict or confrontation. And yeah. that's definitely one where you'd start to erode your sense of self and, and mm-hmm. maybe fall into something like codependency. But <clears throat> I actually think that um, if you're practicing agape love, the, the form of sacrifice that comes with that, then you become more of yourself. You become closer to the true core being of who you are. Because, so for instance, you've seen people who have had babies and have had kids and they're, they turn their life around. Never Nothing, baby. yeah. Like, well, <laughs> <laughs> like, I have so, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, th- there are some people who every form of intervention has failed for them mm-hmm. until they had a kid until they had some, some, uh, an infant who was completely dependent on them. And they, this, a baby is like a repository for agape love and self-sacrificial love because the baby can't do anything for you. It just complete, it's completely dependent on you in, in every way, and it's vulnerable and, and 
often irritating, you know, right? So often, <laughs> but, but but it's a that, that sort of family structure is a really nice place to practice that. And I think that that if you have a healthy development of agape love and of self-sacrificial love, then you get closer to the person that God intended you to be than you would be have had you been uh, weak on that area of agape love and sort of living for yourself. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. <clears throat> Like, the way that I view it, and the reason why I ask the question, is because if you are if you are loving... So I'm speaking, again, from a husband's point of view. Mm-hmm. If I'm to take a biblical view of marriage in Ephesians 5, 25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church mm-hmm. and gave himself up for her. The way that I think about that, and I, honestly, I have had many run-ins with this scripture over the past two or three years, like many. And God is always like challenging me even more with this scripture um, because I'm thinking about how Christ has loved me. And Christ did not change who he was for me. But like Michael was just saying, who he was was a sacrificial lamb. Mm -hmm. Who he was was the propitiation of our sins. Who he was, who he is is love and love uh, personified in a sacrifice of his life. I mean, and not just the death, but the actual life he lived was all for people who would believe in him. The life that he lived, every time he did not give in to temptation, every time he did not indulge in in, uh, selfish desires, that was done for me and for you and for anyone that would ever believe in him. And so I think, like, did Christ ever stop sacrificing? No, he didn't. But he also never stopped being who he was. And the reason why, and this is what I believe, the reason why is because he was so closely connected with the Father. He was so closely connected with God. And if he was not, I feel like he would have lost himself. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of weird to, to say that about Jesus, but I think that in a way, like if if Jesus is fully God, fully man, if he loses his connection with the Father, if he stops taking time away from the disciples to be simply with the Father, if he stops and and stops saying things like I am here literally to do whatever my Father tells me. If right. he stops doing those things, I think his purpose and his identity stops as well. And so if I, if I am loving and sacrificing for my wife mm-hmm. in such a way that it pulls me closer to God, then I cannot lose myself. Right. Like, yeah. I am then becoming who I was really made to be. Mm-hmm. All of the things that I do that I think make up me and that I think make up my identity don't actually make up me mm-hmm. and don't actually make up my identity. I used to think that uh, CrossFit identified me. Mm. There's a lot of CrossFitters out there that did that. But like <laughs> because, <laughs> because I competed at a very high level, I thought, this is my identity. Mm-hmm. This is my platform. This is my purpose. And it wasn't. Like, very clearly, it was not. But I believed it was. But when all of it fell away, I was still left. Like, mm-hmm. who I really was was still there. Um, and... Uh, 
I was putting my identity in other things that didn't matter. Mm. So the reason why I bring that up is because I think that whenever we get married or even before we get married, we believe that our identity is made up in all of these different things and all of these different things that, man, I'm, I don't want to get married because I have to sacrifice this or I don't want to not have to be selfish and I'm going to have to do like, that's not who you are. Right. So if you are continually living closer to God and sacrificing for your spouse, for your partner, uh, if you're dating, whatever, like trying to live that out and start that. Um, if you are doing that in the right manner, in the right mindset, you absolutely, Michael, you hit it right on the head. You absolutely will be closer to who you actually mm-hmm. are versus losing pieces of yourself. Which reminds me of the story uh, in the Bible, uh, the prophet Hosea. Like mm-hmm. God says to Hosea, um, and partly because I'm sure... Like, it was good for Hosea, and partly because Hosea was a prophet and was supposed to speak to Israel as well. But the story goes, uh, God says to Hosea, hey, you're going to marry this prostitute, and by the way, she is going to cheat on you over and over and over and over again, and you are going to continue to take her back over and over and over and over again. And he does. That's how the story goes, right? Um, And the point of that is to symbolize to Israel, like, hey, you have chosen to cheat on me, over and over and over and over again. And I have sacrificed for you to take you back over and over and over again. And in the midst of this, like Hosea and God draw close to each other, partly because it's like he would not have been able to take her back over and over and over again, unless he was drawing close to God. But like, I also think we think of ourselves as static people, so to speak. Like we are who we are and, you know, we change in that we become wiser or whatever, but it's like, I mean, the things that you like, I'm just experiencing this right now. It's like, I used to not like reading a whole lot, but now I like it a lot more than I used to like my own hobbies. It's like, mm-hmm. as part of growth as Christians, like your ability to sacrifice will also grow. Mm-hmm. And you learn that more in marriage because you have plenty of opportunity to learn how to do that. And like you said, it's like becoming the best version of yourself that God called you to be. Yeah. Because God calls us into be in submission to him. Regardless of other human beings, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you and God, your role in that is to submit yourself to God. Every single person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so marriage gives you a wonderful opportunity. And, like, God created you to be like that already. And so, like you said, it's becoming the best version of yourself little by little. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you look more like God one day, the next day. Like, I can look back from yesterday, and hopefully I'm looking a little bit more like Jesus. Um, And a year ago, I'm looking more like Jesus. And, you know, Mm -hmm. can you imagine 50 years of living like that with your spouse? How, like, close to God you would be because Mm -hmm. of that? Like Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Like, that excites me about marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, it, it takes it takes both, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it takes both parties of the marriage coming together and saying, we love each other, but we both individually love God yeah. more mm-hmm. than we love each other. Because it's only through that that wives can humbly submit to their husbands. It's only through that that husbands can love their wives without an iron fist and saying, submit to me. Like, you know, (laughs) like it's only through individual relationship with God that, that, that can happen, you know? Um, and one of the things that that made me think like, is that, uh, I was telling somebody today that you deserve someone who seeks God more than they seek you. Like, and if that is a truth that 
Christian, especially, you know, if the whole world could grasp a hold, that'd be awesome. But if at least people yeah. in the church, people who believe in Jesus could grasp a hold of you, what you should be pursuing yeah. is someone who pursues God more than pursues you. Right. And because if you don't, then what's going to happen is you're going to get married and you're going to get back from the honeymoon and you're going to go, what the heck? What happened? Right. Three years down the road. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why are we having, like, why can, why don't I want to submit to you if I'm a wife? Why don't I, why don't I want to love you and right. sacrificially mm-hmm. if I'm a husband? Like, why don't I want to do these things? Well, I'm not spending enough time with the creator to mold me, to make me into mm-hmm. who he wants me to be so that I can be that person right. that you need me to be. So what I want to do with the rest of this, uh, the rest of this podcast, the rest of this episode is I want to talk about that. Like, so God has to be the focus in our relationships, marriage, dating. If we're, if we're date, if you're in the uh, dating realm right now, like you or the talking, whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> you have to be absolutely putting God as the focus. But what does that look like on a daily practical level? Like, what does that actually look like? So I, not to bring sacrifice back into the conversation on this, but I really do think that it, it, it heavily involves sacrifice. And I think that um, uh, what Caleb said about this, this idea of sacrifice being the pathway to the best version of yourself. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, you hear the term sacrifice and you think, okay, well, after I've sacrificed, I'll just be this empty husk of a person who's lost the things that I want for the benefit of others. Mm -hmm. It's not the case, right? So like this motif is all through the scriptures. And this is kind of the idea of when Christ says, if you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But whoever gives Mm -hmm. up his life for my sake will find it Mm -hmm. and pick up your cross and follow me, right? Preach, Michael. Just go. (laughs) So so then here's another too. And it's, it's most, it's most, uh, it's most obviously seen in the Abraham Isaac story because yeah. Abraham has Isaac and it's just this boy that he's wanted his whole life. You know, his, his son his mm-hmm. his dearest son. And God says, sacrifice him for me. So he takes him up to sacrifice him. And then his willingness to sacrifice Isaac meant that he didn't have to, and he could also have God's blessing. So, so because of his willingness to sacrifice, he was able to have Isaac plus God's blessing. Whereas if he wasn't willing to sacrifice, he would have had less than that. And mm. that's just the, the huge thing that you touched on Caleb about. And that's, I think what it means to, to live out the practicality of following Christ on a day-to-day basis is, is walking the road of agape love and self-sacrifice and seeing how it makes your life better and the lives of the people around you better. And that's just my thought on it. Good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we are continually having that mindset of like, you know, the upside down kingdom, as it were, with Jesus of like, well, if I if I give away, that's when I actually am receiving. Yeah. You know, that's when I'm actually being blessed. And I think that absolutely that's a that's even that you brought it back to sacrifice. That's still a practical thing, mm-hmm. you know, of just believing that and having that faith of like, man, if I if I pour myself out, I know that God is pouring back in mm-hmm. even more than I could ever pour out. So, mm-hmm. so if someone's listening to this right now and they're like, well, I'm not married yet. Mm-hmm. I might want to be married at someday. Um, I'm dating right now. Whatever. Maybe I'm not even dating. I need to pursue God more, and I need to make Him the focus of my life. What does that look like on a practical? level. Caleb, you're a, you're a pastor. What does that look like? I'm going to ask you and Julia. Okay. I'm going to say, I'll say you. I first. feel like this moved from a podcast, to like an interrogation <laughs> yeah. like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> you should have all the answers. Yeah. So, that's how that works. <laughs> and then I'll ask Julia because I mean, you're in that space. Like, yeah. so yeah. what does that look like? You know, no, that's fair. You know, I was thinking about this, um, 
And, and I think part of how I answer this actually comes from watching my grandparents in particular. Mm. Um, my uh, dad's parents, uh, like my my grandmother is the closest thing to perfection that I've ever seen in a Christian this side of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's like a good example of, for me, someone who, um, like, even though she loved her husband for, I don't know, 60 years, um, mm-hmm. like, always daily put God first. And it started with, she would always wake up and make sure she woke up at least 45 minutes before my grandfather got up. Um, because she knew that she needed that time mm-hmm. to, and it, it, it meant getting up at four o'clock because he got up at five o'clock to go to work. Like she got up at four o'clock, um, and she would take the time. And, and part of it is like, and this is hard to do, and this takes practice to do and, and takes time to do. Like she was in love with the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I meet very few people that are in love with the scriptures. I am not in love with the scriptures. And like, that is something I'm working on. Yeah. And she was in love with taking time in prayer with God. She had a chair, um, you know, that she would sit in every single morning and she'd break out her Bible and she'd break out her devotional books and she would spend like half an hour in prayer. Um, and every night before they went to bed, they would take like an hour and a half where they would pray for, by name, every single one of their grandchildren and every single person in the church. Wow. That they wow. belong to. And like, you know. You're laying in bed, and you're, like, going to bed, and you're like, I want to go to bed, and I'm tired. But it's like, no, we've got people to pray for right now. And they mm-hmm. would take the time to pray. And oftentimes, my grandfather would pass out halfway through, and, you know, my grandmother would nudge him <laughs> and wake him back up, right? Um, <laughs> but I remember, like, if I was over at their house as a kid, and I was, like, in the door, like, the room next to them, you could hear them spend an hour in prayer every single night. Wow. Because they said, this is more valuable, and this is, if you think, like, this is what is keeping you alive, like, you will do it right? If you're like, these are the things that are going to get me through the day, you will do those things. The problem is we don't often think as those are the things that will get me through the day, mm-hmm. right? Because we have so much self-reliance. Um, it's like, man, I can make it through the day. But how many mm-hmm. people are walking around stressed, anxious, falling apart at the seams right. um, that don't know any better because it's like they look at Christianity as a list of things to do and not do, not as this like um, the God of the universe wants to be with you and is here right like that's the good news of the gospel it's not that you get to go to heaven someday later in life if you're good enough right Mm -hmm. that's not the gospel the gospel is i mean mark one um says this it's like when jesus comes he says and it starts off by saying hear this this is the good news of the gospel of jesus christ um and then it talks about john the baptist for a hot sec and then it says and jesus came and said all the time that the kingdom of heaven is here, right? And like the the clearest picture of that we have is in the garden where God and humans were together physically. Mm-hmm. And the hope at the end of time is that God and humans will be together physically. But we miss out on the fact that God and humans can be together physically now, right? And I don't often believe that for myself, mm-hmm. right? And if I did, my life would be totally changed. If I believed wholeheartedly that, like, I can physically be present with God and know that he's listening to me, my life would look very different um, than what it does. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, daily trying to say, like, and it's hard work. Yeah. And sometimes you don't feel like doing it, and you should do it anyway. But, like, even if you're yeah. not getting anything out of your scripture readings, do it, because somewhere in the discipline of doing it, mm-hmm. like, God's going to show up to you in a way that you never expected. Mm-hmm. If you're praying and praying and praying and you don't feel like God's listening, mm-hmm. um, like at some point, I promise you, he will show up. Yeah. Because he's there already. 
it just takes time for us to see that sometimes. And it's like, it's a daily grind to do that kind of stuff, much like marriages, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't just wake up and everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. You don't wake up and you feel like your wife is listening to you all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't wake up and think, like, the best of them. It's like, you know, you wake up and you're sometimes pissed at them, right? Yeah. It's how it goes sometimes. Um, but believing that God is here now, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is primary to that. And if you are seeking that out, all of these other things will be added unto you, as Jesus would say. Yeah. Because they're less important. Like, marriage is great and important, but it is less important than the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And if you're seeking the kingdom of heaven, your marriages will work out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If that, you know, that's such a simple thing, but so profound. Like, if you're seeking the kingdom of heaven, yeah. it's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if you're spending time with God, if you're praying, if you're reading the word, like, if you are seeking out community yeah. that, uh, that you know, promotes and glorifies him, like, things are going to be fine. Well, and this is where, out. like, what Paul talks about un- being unequally yoked is hugely problematic because... Your marriage can still have a lot of dysfunction if you are completely seeking the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. but the other person is like, I don't get it. Yeah. Right? And they feel as though you're spending all your time doing these things that are unnecessary and not enough time with them, right? Yeah. But if you have two Christians who are dedicated to this, mm-hmm. it's like your marriage will work itself out. You're going to have problems, but it will work itself out. And I think the huge weight to all of this conversation um, is that we take marriage so flippantly um, in culture. And even as Christians, right? The divorce rates for Christians are the exact same same, as the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Even though like the gospel message, like Jesus talked about this all the time, hinges on this metaphor of marriage. So like if the world is getting the wrong gospel message, part of it is because our marriages aren't working and we're not taking the time to say, I will sacrifice for you day in and day out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like our ability to have healthy marriages directly impacts our ability to proclaim the gospel like the true gospel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of weight to that though i don't think we often think about yeah that's good dude i mean julia are you gonna be able no, to I add don't even know to that what to <laughs> say to that i'm sitting here chewing on everything like is there even and then you, <laughs> and then you like, well it is like i say all these things because it's like i know them to be theologically true but i don't live these out yeah, like 95 percent yeah. of the time <laughs> like i'll give myself a gracious five percent maybe yeah <laughs> right like i say that and it sounds nice on this podcast and it's like that's not true for my life most of the time yeah but you're yeah. but you are in pursuit of that yeah right and i think that is that is the practicality of it right it's like if I know these things to be true, because that's what the Bible says, yeah. but I don't necessarily see them in my life yet, as long as I'm pursuing that, right. then that, that is a good thing. Like, as yeah. long as I'm pursuing that, then I'm pursuing the kingdom of heaven. Well, and we know? often think we have to make these grand leaps, like, all the time in our, in our working out of salvation, so to speak, alongside of the Holy Spirit. It's like, no. Like, the, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, the book, The Atomic Habits, where it's uh-huh. like, make a 1% difference. Like, whatever you need to do between today and tomorrow to make a 1% difference in your relationship with Christ. Do that. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be grand. Yeah. yeah. Like, 15 seconds in prayer when you said, gosh, I don't know what to say to this person. Lord, give me the words. And that's it. Like, that's better than what you did the day before. Yep. And it's like that movement towards God mm-hmm. is what pays off. Yeah. I mean, and there, there are very simple things that, that you can do. Uh, Julia, I'll let you off the hook on this one. But oh, um, okay. unless you have some stuff, like... Uh, I had just, I just had a couple of practical, notes, so. like, cautious points just out of things that I've done or not done that <laughs> were either uh, hurtful, ignorant, or 
just like it is what it is. So um, the the topic we're talking on is practicality of preparing yourself well for for marriage. And um, one of the things I would say to be is to hold everything in your hand loosely as far as like hmm. even who you might have been dating somebody for years and you think that that's the the end all be all and you don't realize it till it's not there and then you realize that you didn't hold everything loosely up to God in your hand and say listen you can have all of this whether it it fits my dream or not and a lot of the time whenever people aren't in that mind frame going in they undoubtedly are looking to the person to fulfill something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they are undoubtedly looking to the person to be the one they go to in their void but it not be the answer um so that was that's one thing i'd say because even like oh i'm bashing on my family even my sisters and like just relationships that i see around me like people that are going into marriage like I, I i don't know that they're loosely holding their new jobs their new passions yeah. their new mm. husband um so i think that's important but that just goes right in line with um falling in love with the scriptures being with god preparing yourself um so that with or without a person you have absolutely everything you need mm. yeah yeah but, that's uh, good that's good. I think one of the ways that you can do that in the 1%, like I'll give you two things and then we'll be done uh, with our time today. But um, two things that you can do that are very simple that are a part of the 1%. You don't have to start both of them today because then that would be 2%. That'd so be 2%. Uh, don't do that. Unless you're feeling ambitious. <laughs> Unless you're like really want to crush it. So um, two things. The one thing you can do, it's literally just you and nothing else. When you open your eyes in the morning, all you got to do is say, thank you, God, that I'm awake today. And that I get to go to wherever you're going. Mm-hmm. I get to stay at home today. Or I get to go to school. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God, that I get to go to work. And you might not actually feel that, but that discipline of gratitude mm-hmm. oh, yeah. will begin to change your perspective mm-hmm. tremendously. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time in my life that I, I started this discipline um, and uh, believed that it was wisdom <laughs> given to me by the Holy Spirit because I hated where I was. I was living in a basement of uh, my current pastor, um, who is also my cousin. <laughs> I was working on the pipeline 90 days straight. Like, Oof. I hated life, did not want... I was away from my family, like th- a thousand miles away from my family. I hated everything about that situation, um, except for the money I was making. But I hated right. everything about that situation. And yet, every morning I woke up at 5, ready to go back to work, after I had just worked a 14-hour a day, I had to say, God, thank you that I get to go do this today. And I gritted my teeth sometimes, but yeah. man, it changed my attitude and it really made me have yeah. a different perspective. No matter what I'm doing, it's a blessing from you um, that I get to have a job or that I get to do this or whatever. Um, so that's number one. Thank God it takes five seconds in the morning. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up. Thank you that I get to go do whatever I'm doing today. And then leave it at that. That's a 1% change, right? Another 1% change, super simple, if you have a smartphone of any kind, you can go download the YouVersion Bible app and you don't even you only even have to open up the app one time and say send me notifications of the verse of the day. Yeah. yeah. 
And if you do that, I got him. I give them at one fourteen. One forty. Yeah, I don't know why. No, in the middle of the day. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but you don't have to. The cool thing is, like, you don't even have to open up the app again. It's gonna just send it to you as long as you as long as you allow the notifications to send you the verse of the day, and read that verse of the day, and just sit for thirty seconds Mm -hmm. thinking about that verse. Yeah. Thirty seconds. What does it mean to you? That's it. It. That whole thing right there might take at the top like two minutes, maybe. Yeah. Usually the verse of the day is literally one verse. So mm-hmm. Right, and you do those we, the next week, do both of them. And then the next yeah. week, add another 1%, whatever it may be. Yeah. And it's like over 50 years of doing this, you exactly. will be close to God. There, is a, there will be a change, a transformation that you see yeah. happen, and you will be drawing closer to God, which will make you better in all of your relationships whether it be marriage whether it be dating whether it be friendship whatever you'll be better in your relationships thank you guys so much for joining with us uh these last six weeks for relationship goals but hey this podcast is not over we will be back next week we are actually starting a new series at united called we need a king and we believe it's going to be an awesome series uh diving into just all the political craziness and our dependence where our dependence needs to still lie on God no matter what. So thank you guys for listening to the ULOF podcast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the ULOF podcast presented by United IUP. If you would like to join our community, visit unitediup.com or follow us on Instagram at United IUP. United meets every Tuesday at 727 p.m. in the Indiana Theater located at 637 Philadelphia Street in Indiana, PA. Come live United.